This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. After more than 30 years, the long-running television show Cops has been canceled. A similar program, Live PD, was also canceled recently following reports of a 40-year-old African-American man dying in police custody while a Live PD crew was filming last year. Cops was at one time considered as American as peanut butter and jelly, and Live PD was one of the AE Network's most popular shows. But why? These are television programs that center on the glorification of police brutality in a lot of instances and simultaneously dehumanize victims of that abuse and further the binary and often racist dynamics of, quote, good guys catching the bad guys. Now in this moment, it seems we are demanding not just change in the policing of our communities, but an end, or at least a big change, to the media about police that we consume in living rooms throughout America. Here to delve into the role of popular culture and entertainment in this reckoning are two people who spent a lot of time considering these issues. NPR TV critic Eric Deggins and Kimberly Moffat, who is Associate Professor of Africana Studies at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Professor Moffat and Eric Deggins, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yes. It's yeah, good to be with you. It's great to have both of you here. Uh, so, uh, Eric, I'm going to start with you. Cops, uh, there's no one in this country who doesn't know that television show Probably no one who doesn't know the theme song to that uh, right. to what that television do? show, right? Uh, there's a, a very popular movie series with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence uh, that that uh, plays on that no, Bad Boys, really. right? Uh, so so well, they, use the, they use the song. They use the song, bad, right? They're not really connected. Uh, uh, so 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 talk about the the cancellation of cops and live PD and and what that marks in entertainment uh, in this country it's interesting i think what it what it marks is the extent to which the corporations that run um media outlets in this country are sensitized to this moment and people's mm-hmm. reaction to programming that has been viewed as unfairly uh glorifying police and uh, for me, from, from, from my standpoint, what bothered me uh, about cops, and I've been speaking out against this show for 15 years or more, is um, you, you see this cavalcade of suspects. They are often working class people. Um, they're proportionally more people of color uh, than they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they convince viewers that uh, crimes like prostitution and um, and and drunk and disorderly and things like that are happening in their communities much more than they actually are, um, because the you know it, it it wouldn't be an exciting show to show what actually happens on most patrol shifts, which is um, you know dealing with people who are struggling with mental health issues or nothing. So <laughs> so so when you're when you're focused on the moments when the job is exciting. Uh, you give people a sense that these things are happening in their community a lot more. The police have a lot of control over what is seen. They're, they have veto power over whether an incident will appear on the show. And there's some question about whether or not the producers are involved in staging scenes. Hmm. Uh, I did a piece a long time ago about uh, a, a officer in Tampa, Florida, who claimed that the producers uh, uh, asked him to dress as a, as a birthday clown 
during a prostitution stay. Huh. He would normally dress as a businessman, right. and they wanted him to dress up and make up in a and a costume and and uh, drive around like he was in between working at parties and picking trying to pick up uh, a woman in the night. And uh, you know, it, it, it was really disturbing to hear that the that the producers were that involved in providing a van and providing a costume and saying, hey, why don't you dress up like this? And then trying to purport to viewers right. that this is something that the police department does on its own. So there, there, was, there was a lot of problems with uh, cops and the, the vision that it presented to viewers, which was not uh, honest. Yeah. And, 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 and to have that off of, of television, I think, is a good thing. I, I also wonder what you make of... So, so if we go back 30 years... Uh, or almost 30 years to when cops starts. Uh, that's also right around the time that Rodney King is beaten uh, terribly by LA police officers uh, on the side of a road. Uh, and in some ways, cops ushers in or is part of the beginning and the dawn of this reality TV. Uh, craze, which now, of course, is is almost ubiquitous on on the airwaves. There's there's something about those two coincidences that I guess I don't see as entirely uh, coincidence. That that there is something about cops uh, that that is signifying of an era uh, in, in this country, and they're not, which would mean that there is something super significant about it about it ending. Well, there's there's a lot going on there because um, <clears throat> it debuted in 1989, mm -hmm. and so that was just before that was three years before or two years before the Rodney King incident, and it was also just as we were starting to see uh, crack cocaine start to impact our communities of color, mm -hmm. and this idea of a super super predator criminals, um, you know, that the Clinton administration advanced. Um, that started to take hold. And people, even people, I mean, you know, people of color, black folks were worried about uh, crime getting out of control in their neighborhoods. And and so uh, police were given uh, more of a green light uh, to, to, to crack down. Mm -hmm. And on top of all of that, um, uh, there, there's some great documentaries about the Rodney King riots that I would suggest people check out. They're being made free uh online you can see them on youtube showtime has some great ones um and and they point out that chokeholds uh were banned uh for los angeles police be just before the rodney king uh incident and so police were encouraged to use their batons to subdue suspects mm -hmm. instead of putting them in chokeholds which tended to kill people and ki disproportionately kill black males so that's one reason why you saw all those officers beating on Rodney King because they were not allowed to use a chokehold on him. Mm. It, 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 it's 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 all these terrible dynamics and trends that kind of came together in a cultural moment that resulted in a, a level of over policing of communities of color that we're still struggling with today. I think. Yeah, uh, Kimberly Moffat, uh, cops, live PD, reality TV. Uh, there, there is a uh, there's a profile that they are that they are um, I think all kind of creating about police officers uh, as heroes and uh, police officers as uh, un unquestioned uh, advancers of the right causes, uh, but simultaneously a, a, a profile of uh, American citizens and a disproportionate number of black and brown. American citizens as 
the bad guys. Uh, talk about uh, the end of that, the end of that uh, glorification and demonization uh, on television. Um, first, can I say good riddance? Um, <laughs> right? um, we won't miss you. 30 years. <laughs> Don't let the door um, hit you. <laughs> exactly. But I'm glad that we are finally at this moment. Um, those shows, um, I remember being in college when um, Cops First was introduced, and there were a number of us as college students that would hover around TVs watching this very interesting program that gave us insight into what the world of policing must look like. But it only took a few short years or probably <laughs> months after that for me to say, this is not right. This is not the type of TV that I want to be exposed to. And certainly seeing black and brown bodies so often represented and overrepresented seemed to be very troubling and um, uh, disturbing to me. But I do think there is something, you know, I often teach um, for my students, I tell them that so much of television is is geared and targeted to middle class audiences. Mm. And so because of that, that lens that we're always looking through, it then allows us to be able to mark and pinpoint people who are otherized or different than us who aren't middle class. That then allows us to say, oh, look at them over there, that mm. gaze or that voyeurism that we have towards them and making them essentially a, a spectacle of the lives that we know that we don't live and we don't want access to it, but we do want to temporarily once a week peer into it and see what they're doing and see how they're living. Um, and oftentimes, you know, when we talk about economics in this country, it does get conflated with race. And so yes. you're talking about working class people who also happen to be black and brown, and it makes the perfect mix for a television program that's going to draw massive um, audience members to support it and see how those other folks live without actually ever having to engage or even consider why or if this actually exists in our society. Yeah, I, I've also always watched these shows and thought in the modern context as in the last five or six years we've begun to see you know with the with the with the spread of cell phone videos and things like that as we're seeing more of uh, these these incredibly brutal uh, encounters between police and 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 black men and women I, I've always thought that that shows like cops and live PD make it harder for an awful lot of people to identify with someone like George Floyd, for instance, right. because they're used right. to seeing uh, this 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 caricature, really, of, of, right. of the interaction. And they immediately cast the victim uh, into a, a category of offender, right? This is somebody who is a bad person, has done something they shouldn't have done, and, well, maybe they're getting what they deserve. No, that's exactly what's been done. And the media, we know, even though a number of us believe we're so much more in command and, and making our own decisions based on the, Im the images and representations that we see on screen, the reality is the media are that pervasive to be able to craft a narrative and a worldview for us that we then do believe that things are really that bad in our society. And so um, to Eric's point about even black communities 
communities were saying, we need more policing and law enforcement presence. Uh, so much of that is tied to what the media created for us to believe that our society was more detrimental than it really was. Mm. But I also think it's important to have it in a historical context. We cannot forget that Ronald Reagan rode into the White House on a on a uh, horse, almost like he did in many of his films as a <laughs> Hollywood star, mm-hmm. where he was championing the idea of being law and order president and making sure that we had rid ourselves of a society that had these dregs of drugs that seem to um, uh, permeate into our societies and cause moral decay and also um, changing the sense of how we wanted to see ourselves as Americans. So he was very instrumental in starting so much of what we saw Mm. in terms of cops showing up in 1989. Mm. It's not happenstance that we started to see privatized prisons. It's not happenstance that we started to see that the late 80s is when the rise or that trend of mass incarceration begins. So this is not out of context. This all is, if we look at it historically, makes um, sense that we eventually got to that point of believing this is what is needed in our societies in order to make things better. Mm -hmm. And it also coincides with the increase of funding to policing department, to policing and um, departments across the nation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I want to jump in real quick, too, because yeah. there's a great point that you uh, also made about viewing this through a middle class lens. And what these shows also do is they reassure viewers that there's a reason why these people suffer the things they suffer. There's That's a reason right. why That's the right. poor are poor. There's a reason why people are addicted to drugs and it's tied to the choices that they make. Mm. And, 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 and so one, one reason why I think middle-class audiences like watching these shows is because it assures them that they have their station because of choices they made, not because of luck, not because we live in a society where social mobility is restricted. And, mm-hmm. and if you're born middle-class, you tend to stay middle-class. And if you're born poor, you tend to stay poor. Um, so, so there's, there's, that's a powerful element that I think a lot of people are not aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, I, I wonder if you can talk about the rest of television, uh, and whether there are other shows or other approaches that we see entertainment companies taking that, uh, sort of go in the same direction as things like cops or, or live PD. Do we have more work to do cleaning that up? For sure. I mean, you know, um, the cops and, and, and live PD exist because they're sort of they were crafted as real life versions of the, the, the TV cop dramas that we've watched for decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go all the way back to Dragnet and uh, Adam 12, some of those really old cop shows, Starsky and Hutch. You know, uh, Alyssa Rosenberg at The Washington Post has done some great work looking at the history of how cop shows were initially formed, looking at how shows like Dragnet and F- the FBI, you know, really old uh, cop shows were mm-hmm. developed hand in glove with law enforcement agencies to ensure that their image was boosted and 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 uh, and, and improved uh, by the story by the storylines that were a part of the show. So now, flash forward to um, now, and we we have CBS littered with law enforcement oriented dramas yes. like uh, offshoots of CSI and NCIS and you know, Dick Wolf has an FBI franchise that has two shows in it now. And this is a guy who created Law and Order. 
and, mm. and uh, in the whole Chicago franchise. There's a ton of these shows. And, and one of the things that I think is most damaging about their message is that they, they promulgate the idea that uh, to, to, to get great policing, uh, it's, it's, it's about individual choices. If, if, the, uh, if something goes wrong, it's one bad apple. Right. Um, all we need to do is get the righteous cop in a situation where they have the power to cut through all the bureaucracy and we'll get justice. There were two new shows, Deputy on Fox and Tommy on CBS that were built around this dynamic. But, you know, what we know now, this conversation we're having now, this is systemic. You know, this is this is this is built into the fabric of how law enforcement has evolved over the last hundred years or so. Mm. And so it's it, you know, when you watch a show like The Wire or you watch a show like Homicide Life on the Street, the reason why those shows were considered to be kind of downers to audiences is that their message is uh, it is tough for a good cop to overcome the system. Right. Uh, and, and, and often most most times they don't. Uh, and, and when they do, it's a small victory. Uh, and 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 that seems to be more how our criminal justice system works for a lot of people, and that's not something that people want to tune in and watch week in uh, and week out as escapist entertainment. Mm, yeah, and uh, I would suppose because I'm a media studies critic, those <laughs> two shows that Eric is raising are exactly the types of shows that I wanted to see on television because The Wire and Homicide: Life on the Street did show us some of the rawness or some of the difficulty of making some of the changes that are necessary within the system. Mm. So it didn't it didn't continue to perpetuate the status quo, but in fact showed us just how difficult it is to change the system. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Those two shows, of course, were both created by uh, David Simon, uh, a friend of mine from my time in 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 Baltimore. Uh, but, I, I would just correct. I would just correct you. Um, Homicide was based on David's book, but he did yeah. not create That's it. Right. He did not That's create right. it. Right, uh, Levinson. <laughs> Levinson makes that just, show right. Uh, Barry just, Levinson. Uh, no, uh, Tom Fontana. Tom Fontana. Right. Uh, 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 working, working, working with. Um, Levinson's company, yeah. but I, I didn't want to, uh, you know. Yeah, I, right. We don't want to leave people I, out. <laughs> he'd, be the, he'd be the first one to say, you know, don't give him right. Credit. But but I guess <laughs> what I'm getting to there is that you know David's a journalist uh, by training, right. and I, I think we we tend to see those things a little differently than than other people, and I I wonder if that had uh, you know a lot to do with the you know the the difference in perspective uh, on those shows than than some of these than some of these others. Um, I- I would say it did, um, because journalists also tend to do research, um, whereas, you know, individuals who are creating shows um, are under the tutelage and guidance of corporations that are saying we need this type of show and we want to make sure that it is successful and may not do the same level of detail that I think someone like um, David Simon did to really dig deep to find out what is happening and what are the intricacies and nuances that happen within a police department that may influence what we see. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would say I did this piece with David where um, we did a Q&A where we talked about how um, he, uh, journalists might learn from how his success in depicting communities of color hmm. um, for their own reporting. Right. Uh, we, did, we did it for the Columbia Journalism Review. And, you know, one of the things David always says is that he based his characters on actual people. On people. They're real so, people, yeah. So, so that's, why they, that's why it feels more authentic. He was kind of writing the people he knew, and he was paired with uh, 
with a former police officer who, who uh, his creative partner who was helping him with that as well. The other thing I'd say is that David's work is always focused on systems. Yes. So yes. so so it's it's very naturally lent itself to that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Okay, Eric Deggins and Dr. Kimberly Moffat. This was a great conversation. I'm really glad you joined me for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. I will be back on Monday when we're going to continue our conversations about policing with a look at police training. We're going to talk with Wayne State Police Chief Tony Holt about a new national de-escalation center on campus and State Senator Jeff Irwin about his bill to overhaul police training in Michigan. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. I'll talk again with you on Monday.